Thank you, you may be seated. Well, our series roller coaster proved to be much more applicable than we thought it would be. Uh, six weeks ago, we started a series called Roller Coaster about the ups and downs of life, the twists and turns. Uh, last Sunday uh, evening, six o'clock, uh, lightning uh, and thunder uh, heard that. Uh, had the TV on so we could listen to the weather forecast and see what was going on. And then the dreaded phone call from our uh, alarm uh, company saying uh, there's, uh, there's a, an alarm going off. Now, <coughs> that's uh, a fairly regular occurrence uh, with lightning and so forth, and it's always up to this point been a false alarm, okay, or just a warning uh, shot over the bow. But they said that the fire department had been dispatched. So that means I've got to go. So I was driving here, and then I get a call from Wade. Wade's a captain in the fire department. There's a structure fire. So then it was a little more urgent, all right? And so when I got here, this is what I saw. Uh, I had to park next door because couldn't get in uh, to our lot uh, by this point. And it had rained, of course, very heavily also. So I parked next door over here and walked across this grassy parking lot. And it, it rained so much, this was like two inches of water on that. So I got to the other side, and I'm looking at all that's going on, looking at those fire trucks, looking at the buildings. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I had come through fire ants, and they were all over my legs and feet. And so I'm trying to, you know, stamp out, uh, you know, we had had a beautiful Sunday morning when I left here up, okay, and I was up until 6.15, and then I was down and so forth, and, and that's just kind of what happened here. And you know what was really exciting? I started getting up right away. Do you know that I think there was about 10 men who showed up, you know, from our church. What can we do? And there was a lot to do, you know, with moving stuff, trying to minimize the damage and, and so forth. And the fire department, the firefighters, they did an amazing job. They, they before, they, as they were even starting to put the fire out, they were covering everything up here to try to minimize damage. I couldn't believe that. They just did an amazing job. And then, yeah, really. And, uh, and we're going to thank them again. Every once in a while we go down there and give them bagels or, or supper or something, and we're going to do that again and, and let them know that we appreciate them so much. And the men, they just they moved everything out of here. And they got the excess water up and so just... And, and that just continued throughout the week. So uh, that's, that's really what the body of Christ uh, should be all about. Uh, you know, we talk about being a church family, okay? And, and I hope that you're experiencing that. Be 
because if you're a Christian, you're a part of the family of God. It's a real family. In fact, you're going to live with that family forever in God's heaven. And so I just I just praise God for that. As I was standing over in this lot, I couldn't get close. This is, this is the next thing I saw. I saw the firefighters. I saw them up on the roof. And you probably can't see it, but there's smoke uh, coming up too. By this point, they'd pretty much gotten the fire under control, extinguished. But, you know, of course there was smoke. And I said, holy smoke. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying, of course. But anyway, but I'm sitting there thinking, I'm thinking, in the past year, we've spent several thousand dollars fixing that roof. Now it's burning. And now the firefighters are ripping holes into it. And so then we start thinking and saying, okay, what's God going to do? Tuesday night was Governing Board and Elders. And we met and we read together. We, we read God's Word. And we, I've selected Romans 8, 28. And, God, and we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God and are called accomplish his purpose in their life and in their church and we just rejoice and we just say we don't know what God's going to do this is not the way we would have chosen for God to do some things but we know God is going to work praise God now your work week was probably like that too maybe not as severe maybe you didn't have a fire maybe you did maybe, you, maybe it was more severe for but that's life. And, and, and friends, the Christian life, it is not ritual. It's not here. It's not coming on a, to a church service. You know, having the singing, having the offering, having the sermon. It is not ritual. It, it, it is not the right kind of music. It's not the right kind of sermon. It's not the right kind of coffee in the lobby before the service. It's about us being who God created us to be. It's about living in the love of God, and we're going to talk this morning about living in the power of God. The power of God, because God's given us a mission, and he owned a life mission, every one of us, and then a, a mission as a church together. And the only way we fulfill that life mission, be what God created us to be, is with God's power. And today we want to talk about that, plugging into infinite power. And we've been talking these past six weeks about ups and downs in life. And you can pick out anybody in the Bible, and that's the story of their life. We picked out Peter because, well, he had a lot of them, and he's just a lot like us. Last week, we uh, left Peter at the tomb, the empty tomb, right? Jesus walked out of that tomb. Now, Peter wasn't there first. Who was there first? Three women, okay? 
And Jesus said to those women, he said, okay, I'm risen. And then he said, go tell his disciples and what? And Peter. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Maybe he was the one that was lowest at that point. Now, later that day, Jesus appeared to two disciples who were walking away from Jerusalem. They were down to, they were depressed. They were grieving, okay, because they, they didn't, still didn't believe in the resurrection. Jesus comes, they didn't even recognize him, but he sh- reveals himself to them. And when they realize who he is, they run back to Jerusalem and they meet with the disciples. And that brings us to our text today, Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 36. And just as they, these two men that were on the road to Emmaus, were telling the disciples all about this, all about the fact that Jesus was risen, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there, right there with them. And he said, peace be with you, because they had no peace. But the whole group was startled. <laughs> they were frightened. They were thinking he was a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Hey, the women told you I was alive. L- look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands, his feet, and still they stood there in disbelief, but filled with joy and wonder. This is too good to be true, they're thinking. This can't be right, he's a ghost. And then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a a piece of broiled fish. And he ate it as they watched. Now, why did Jesus ask for food? Because he was hungry? No. His followers were. In fact, they weren't just hungry. They were starved. Starved almost to the point of death. Spiritual death. They were going to die spiritually if they didn't get the food they needed their soul. And friend, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. Yeah, we, we need food. Keep our bodies alive, friend. We need the food of God to feed and nourish and keep our spirit and our soul alive. And Jesus says, verse 49, and now, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to send the Holy Spirit just like my Father promised you and I've been telling you about. But first, stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes on you and fills you with what? Power from, say it with me, on high. Now that's really important. That's really important really important. What in the world is power from on high? God revealed who he was in the Bible 
one of the ways he revealed himself to nature, he revealed himself through Jesus, but partially. But he revealed himself through names, through his own names. And one of his names is the Most High. The highest God. You know, those aren't really gods, but people worship gods. He said, I'm the most high. There's nobody equal to me. And friend, power from on God is uh, from on high is the power of the God who's sovereign. It's the power of the God who was able to create a universe. Um, some people believe that it all happened through time and chance, okay? I don't have enough faith to believe that. When I see something that looks like it's a, a great thing, that somebody, you know, that's there, I think, well, I wonder who made that. Oh, God created a universe. The power from on high is the power that the creator of our universe has, the creator of you. The one who designed you, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb like, like Lincoln, but like every one of you. And friend, the power of God is it's infinite. Okay, it's unlimited. There's, there's, not, there's nothing God can't do. It's infinite. No limit to it. It's never going to run dry. It's never going to end. Now, it's also pure, okay, perfect. And that's important because, see, if we just imagine what would happen if humans had infinite power. If whatever people wanted to do, whatever they wanted to happen, would happen, it'd be a disaster. Nations would build bigger, more powerful bombs. We'd get what we want, but at the expense of what others need. Because we think of only ourselves. We'd make ourselves happy, we would think. And our enemies unhappy. <coughs> See, infinite power, if it's not pure, it's, it's deadly. It's terrible. And God wants to give us infinite power to do whatever he wants us to do. And he wants to give us pure power. He wants to give us power to make us more like Jesus. <laughs> Not just so we get our way, because that's being selfish. He, he wants to give us power to make us more like Jesus and to carry out the mission God created us for. So how, how do we plug into that power? Now, if you want power that whatever you wish is going to happen, you're not going to get it from God, because you destroy yourself and others. But how do we get into this pure, infinite power. Let's talk about that. And the first thing I want to say, we need to go from, we need to switch over <laughs> from low power to high power. You have devices that has low and it has high. Okay, you know the difference. 
We need to switch over from low power to power from on high. You know, in the United States, we're very spoiled. We have an amazing electric power grid that 99% of the time works 24-7. Now, how many of you have lived in a country where power was intermittent, where you hoped there would be power, where there was power for three or four hours a day, where there was no power when you wanted it the most, okay? What happens when, you, when we have a power outage? We're very patient for two minutes. Then we're complaining. Thank you. Exactly. Good. That's appreciate. That's what I do. Complaining. All right. Then after 20 minutes, we're calling the power company. Hey, what's the problem? And you get the recording, and they tell you there's a problem. Okay? And it, it, what happens if your power goes out for four hours? You're beside yourself. You're crazy. All right? What happens if it goes out for a week, as happened last week to some, or last year to some of our church families? We go nuts. We're very spoiled. But the power, if the physical power goes out in our life, what about the spiritual power? Let's hear about that. And see, the reality is for Peter, and for many of us, let's be honest, Peter, has, for his whole life, had been plugged into a weak, inconsistent power source. What was his power source? said you were running on your power source when you were at the when you were watching my trial and they, some people recognized you and they said hey wait you, well, you're one of Jesus followers and you said I don't know that man and the second and third times I don't know that blankety blank man you see he was running on he couldn't do it he didn't have the courage in himself he didn't have the ability he was running on that weak power source and Jesus coming to him and saying, hey, I'm going to deliver you from that. And Peter, you have seen for the past three years, you've seen my power. I have power over nature. Remember those storms that I stilled with just the word? Do you remember the diseases that I cast out? Do you remember the demons that I cast out of people's lives? And friends, we all have demons that just keep us from, from God, all right? Peter, I want to plug you into that power from on high. And here's how. We get connected to the power we need. We need this for our spiritual life, okay? You may be thinking you're doing okay physically, but one day your physical body is going to shut down. And what do you have then? We need spiritual power. We need connected to the power we need. And we get it through connecting with the Holy Spirit of Jesus in us. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus had said this in John chapter 14. He said to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments. Then, 
the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another counselor, another comforter. That, that Greek word is paclethene. A helper to help you, to be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. And the world cannot, won't accept it. All that hocus pocus stuff. Because it doesn't see him, doesn't see the Holy Spirit, doesn't know him, but you know him. Because if you're my follower, if you obey my commands, he's going to live in you. He's going to be in you. He's going to live with you. Now that Jesus keeps his promise, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after resurrection, 50 means 50, you know that, okay? 50 days after the resurrection, all the believers were meeting together in one place. All of them. I looked up the Greek word all to find out what it means. It means all. It means everybody. Everybody who believes in Jesus. They gathered. Because that's what told them, Jesus told them to do. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled that house where they were sitting. And then what looked like tongues or uh, uh, like flames or tongues of fire appeared. Church, our building caught fire last week. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Christians caught fire? With the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It appeared, it settled on each of them. I looked up the Greek word for each of them. It means each of them. It means everyone. It didn't mean that, you know, some Christians are special, you know, and they get the Holy Spirit and other Christians don't, okay? Each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages. Okay? And then, you know, churches will argue about uh, what that means. Well, what it meant that day. What happened that day. It was all, everybody there suddenly started speaking in a real, known language. Okay, that they didn't know. They started speaking Italian. They started speaking German. They started speaking Swahili. They started speaking um, South Alabama. Uh, they, uh, they spoke every language there was. And they never learned anything else. And why did God do that? Because the power of the Holy Spirit came on the believers to do what Jesus had asked them to do, to be witnesses to every tribe and tongue, language, and nation. And that's what we need to carry out our mission as Christians. We need the power from on high. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. When we get connected to the power we need for our spiritual life, for our eternal life, that's that's. That's more important than your earthly life. We get connected to the power we need through the Holy Spirit of Jesus in us. 
here's a follow-up to that. We stay connected. You know, it's, it's not enough to get connected once. I mean, you, you know, okay, your house, the electricity started, it was useful once, okay? Well, what happens if it gets connected, disconnected, no power? We stay connected when we stay close to our source of power. And friend, that's the body of Christ. That's the church of Jesus. They were all there. Jesus told them to. They were all there. And unfortunately, sadly, we live in a day where so many people think that the church is very bad and and unnecessary. Okay. And let's let's be real. A lot of people say the church is full of politics. It's 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 full of pastors and priests who abuse children. And is that true? Well, it is true, and we ought to do it. Now, I think we ought to also remember that what's the percentage of you know pastors and priests who do that. I mean, it's not that everybody's like that. Church is full of hypocrites. Not everybody in the church is a hypocrite. It's full of politics. Not everybody in the church is dominated by politics. But we should read. Now, see, bad news sells, doesn't it? I mean, you're not going to you're not hear glowing reports about a church on the news. It's who cares? Who's, who's interested in that? Bad news sells. You're not going to hear about all the moral politicians, justices, whatever. Who are you going to hear about? And we need to realize that. But, but true. Okay. But is that the truth? Uh, Pastor Mike mentioned this couple weeks ago and it's just it's just a fact of life people ask us what we do for a living and we always you know kind of cringe because you know when we say well I'm a pastor well then they're remembering all the curse words they just said and they're backing up and they're going like this and you know and so forth but in people who aren't doing that okay But I've decided when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I'm going to tell them I work for the greatest organization in the whole world. I work for an organization that has started more hospitals in the world than any other organization has. It has started more schools and taught more people to read. I work for an organization that has lifted women up from a place where so many cultures degrade them. I work for an organization that gives millions, hundreds of millions of dollars every year to people who are suffering from (laughs) hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, 
people think in this day and age, well, you know, I, I, I do need Jesus, but I don't need the church. Jesus says, you need it. He says, I need it. A lot of people say, oh, Jesus, he's awesome. He's wonderful. But the church, it's awful. It's ugly. And I just want to ask you, you know, next time you think or feel that way, would, would you... Uh, would you tell a groom that's truly in love with his bride, would you tell him that his bride is ugly? Of course not. And, you know, I think when we tell Jesus, you know, how ugly his bride is, I think he's upset because that's not the way he sees his church. I'm, I'm not saying bad stuff's okay. No. We should deal with that. We should ask God to cleanse us and make us what he wants us to be. But friend, here's the reality. We're not going to have the power of Jesus Christ if we're not an active participating member of the body of Christ. That's his body. That's the body through which he chooses to work. That's his family, and he wants brothers and sisters to be together, to help each other, to work together, to serve each other. Power. Power for your spiritual life. 90% of us here today have a device that's in our pocket, it's in our purse, it's in our hand right now that has amazing capabilities. What am I talking about? Your phone. your phone doesn't have the power. It needs to be close to the power source, doesn't it? It needs to be close to the tower, the source of our power. And friend, to experience God's power in us, we have to be close to the source. And that's Jesus Christ. And that's his church. And the problem is, God says, all of us are just like sheep. We wander. We see something good over here. It's what we think will be good over here, so we wander over there. And we see something interesting over here, and so we wander over there. All we like to eat, wander. We wander away from Jesus in our, in, our, in our life. It's just a natural thing that we do. And we need to come back. When we realize that we come back. And see, the early church, they were powerful. <laughs> On this day that people came to Christ, 3,000 people to Christ. Weeks later, 5,000 people. I mean, the church has just exploded with the power of God. Why? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 2.42 and we'll find out some reasons why. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves, the, the believers, the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And awe came on everybody. Verse 47, the Lord added to their number everyday people. They had power, the pure, infinite power of God flowing into us. It flows into us through four, these four main things. 
one is God's revelation. Friend, you want to know what life is all about. God reveals it. You want to know what your future is. God reveals it. You, you can't know or discover those things by yourself. God wants you to know them. He tells you. He's revealed it in his word. Fellowship. That's, that's being a united body of believers. It's, it's being a team. I, I, I had this, uh, the high school I went to uh, had a football team that had a 53-game winning streak. Didn't lose for 50, that's five years, 53 games. And I got to play on that team. And you know what? Yeah, we, we didn't just have practice. On, on Monday night, there was a team meeting, okay? If you didn't go to that team meeting, you didn't play. Because it was at team meetings that we talked about last week's game and what we did. Then we looked at the upcoming week's game. You see, we got on the same page. We encouraged each other. We challenged each other. Friends, worship services, meetings, those are team meetings. And we, those are, that's the time we come out of the stands and we really get into the game that matters and we participate. And it's possible for Christians to be so powerless, not experiencing God's power because a lot of times we're just we're not close to the source of power. Jesus Christ in his church. And you know, a lot it's easy to think, well, you know, I come to church an hour a week, and we think that that charge is enough for us. Do you charge your phone one hour a week? a lot more than phones. And that's why we had men's group, uh, uh, one of the men's groups I'm in. We, we, uh, we, we read devotionals together online called YouVersion Devotion. And we text each other and we comment. The Thursday night men's groups, I mean, you know, they, they, uh, they're reading the Bible together and they keep in contact during the week. Tuesday night there's a ladies' group, Monday night there's a ladies' group. They keep in touch. They read God's Word. They keep in touch. They encourage each other. They challenge each other. Fellowship. Breaking the bread. i got to hurry. Th- that's, that's communion, which we do once a month. It's more than communion. It's really, it's worship. It's not music. It's not sermon. It's not doing what I like. Okay? Worship is doing what God likes. It's coming into his presence. And, and breaking the bread, like we do at communion, that's remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. It's rehearsing. It's reuniting us. It's recharging us. And we need to do that. We need power every day. It's re-nourishing. It's eating the spiritual food that God has for us. Friends, alone or powerless? Our first church, uh, upstate New York, and we came with you to work with youth, and it was really interesting. That church was experiencing the power of God, and they were growing. And the church was, or building was fairly new, but it wasn't big enough. So one day, one Saturday, whole church showed up. Of course, it had been arranged 
perfectly engineered and all that. Together, the whole church lifted the back wall of the sanctuary and carried it back like 15 or 20 feet. I don't know how far it was. So they're bringing the people in to the funeral service. Uh, That's a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture of the when everybody's involved, when everybody's lifting the load, when everybody's the power that Jesus Christ brings out. The fourth thing is prayer. Jesus promised Peter and the disciples and the church that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon them, but what were they supposed to do first? They were supposed to pray. He said, Don't leave this city. You keep meeting, you pray. They met, they prayed. First day, nothing happened. And that second day, nothing happened. Third day, nothing happened. Seventh day, nothing happened. Tenth day, what happened? Power, the promised power of God was poured out on them because they prayed passionately, because they had prayed daily, because they prayed privately. <laughs> and Jesus said, pray in your closet, but be privileged. They prayed corporately. They met together. And friend, to try and live the Christian life without praying yourself with other believers is powerless. Pray with your friends. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your children. Pray with other Christians. We tell ourselves we can't pray. God designed us to pray. God designed it's not being eloquent. It's not having all the right words. It's just crying out to your Father. Help me pray. And that's what we do here at Alliance. Wednesday night, Bible study and prayers. And, uh, men, again, as I mentioned, that Thursday morning, there's Thursday night for people, for men who are going to work who can't come in the morning. There's Saturday morning once a month. Ladies, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there are groups that meet and pray. You, uh, many of you are in home groups, and I just want to say, in your home group, I hope you're praying. I hope all of you are praying. Yourself or others, your church, everything. Be infinite power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. The first church in Jerusalem had it. And friend, the 21st century church in Sarasota needs it too. Don't we? God's pure, infinite power. The promise in Acts 1 for believers in Jesus. You will receive power. There's the promise. Now here's the condition. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you seek Him separately and collectively, Holy Spirit will come upon you and why? So you can get whatever you want. No, so you will accomplish the most important thing that you could accomplish in your life if you will be witnesses. Starting right in your own mission field, on your street, in your office, in your classroom. You'll be witnesses in your Jerusalem, but it'll go to the ends of the earth. That's the pure
lot of people think that this is a reference to uh, Christian, or excuse me, people who aren't Christians. And it, it does apply. That Jesus wants to come into our life. This verse was written to a church. It was written to a church. Let me in. Let me in. And friends, my appeal to us today, how can, how can this how can this happen? It'll happen when each one of us lets the Lamb Lord in and let him be Lord. He's the Lamb. I thought he's a nodder on. He created them, and the Bible says he bought them with a price. His own blood on Calvary. Let the Lamb Lord in. Let him be Lord. is all about and carry out the mission for which God made you and one day walk through heaven's gate with Jesus. That's the only way to get through with Jesus. And hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the glory of your reward forever and ever. And ever. That's the Christian life. Us doing to me convicting me and changing me. God, do that in all of us. Let us be your church on the move. We've invited the landlord in and he's Lord. We're not. We're getting off the phone and letting Jesus have his right stamp of Christian status. Our friends, while your heads are bowed, you know Jesus is your Savior. Are you sure you're going to heaven when you die? Most people say, well, I hope so. I, I hope that I've been good enough. You can't get there to be to heaven by being good enough. Jesus died because none of us are good enough. He died as a sacrifice for a sinner. Let the land Lord in. He's your Savior. For all of us, let him in as your Lord. Let him in today again. Let him in every day. Let the landlord be the Lord of life. So, Father, thank you for not giving up on us. We've all messed up like Peter. We've all wandered like sheep. And, Lord, you inviting us to experience the, what the Christian life really is all about, walking with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, please let us
and see that it doesn't fit in. Each individual person helps to get close to you and close to the body, the family of God. 